2: Oops. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 19th, 2008. I always suggest to newcomers they look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and download lots of the, the older talks. They might be older, but old is not out. You understand the past, you understand the present, and you understand where the future is going, or even why it's going this way so try and put the pieces together there's lots of talks and lots of information in those particular ones on the site and look into EU, and you can download transcripts in the various languages of Europe the times I think everyone senses how everything is speeding up it's almost like it's in the air you might say and it might very literally be in the air because so many sciences are at play but we all sense that something's coming down quick. It's like the big wolf pack round about you and they're they're nipping in to the herd in the middle from all different angles. And this is a form of warfare in itself by hitting people with so much information on so many topics to do with your social setup, your society, to do with everything that you depend upon for living. So it's not by coincidence that it's all coming out now they're taking away your water rights and so on. They're going to make you pay for everything and even every breath you take eventually down the road. And all the, the nonsense, too, about uh, higher taxes on obese people because they breathe more CO2. This is all part of a psychological war that's been waged via the media on the public's minds. To make us more, more static in a sense, we are going to shock and awe and we can't really move. It seems so bizarre. And it's meant to be bizarre. That's how psychological warfare works. It tends to immobilize you. You, When you're looking for the answers, which you can't grasp, you don't have the data, you don't have all the insight, and you try to make sense out of nonsense, uh, then you, you grab a hold of the experts who come forward and give you all the the multitudes of opinions from all sides which further confuse you and eventually you shut down and ignore the topic altogether and they come in and they do what they're going to say and you're you're further into the slavery system. And that's what it is. It's really a a slavery system. We find that Charles Galton Darwin has said in his book, The Next Million Years, which is quite the boast by a, a top psychopath, He said, there's always been a form of slavery and we are simply creating a more sophisticated form of slavery. Well it's here, it's sophisticated in the sense that it encompasses everything you've ever learned. In fact, your your whole education was part of the indoctrination into the slavery system. The National Educational Association is part of an international educational association which makes sure that everyone gets taught the same nonsense. And when they've dumbed you down and stupefied you enough so that you can't think clearly or rationally for yourself, they give you a little certificate, your quality approval stamp, that allows you to join their system as a worker slave. That's what it's all about. Very simple. And as long as you all come out the factory the same, the school is just a factory with this quality approval stamp, you'll never figure it out because everyone around you of your own peer group have had the same indoctrination. So all you do is parrot stuff back and forth to each other. Young people tend, by, by intuitiveness really an instinct, they understand there's something wrong, but they don't know what it is. And so they tend to rebel. I'm going to go into this rebellion and how it's managed on the other side of this break, back in a few minutes. running through the matrix, this matrix, which is just a a big system that was created that you think is reality, but it's not reality at all. It's run as slickly as any Hollywood movie, and we call it life. That's what we've been taught to call it. We're taught that everything is somehow normal within this system, even though anyone who's lived a few years very quickly catches on that something's vastly wrong. Something's vastly wrong when when a few families can control countries, when maybe a few hundred, a few thousand families control the whole planet. And they've done it for thousands of years at the expense of everyone else. And it's all done by what I call conology. Conology, the ability to con people, to completely hypnotize them into a fake reality so that they never figure out that they are a slave and that everything around them that you think is official and good and proper. That's the key to it, proper. is actually a big con game. The people who get to the top in this system are psychopaths, pure and simple. They're the only ones who can figure out the scam. Psychopaths can easily see each other's scams. That's why they get in on each other's scams. They'll blow the whistle otherwise. There's lots of blackmailing goes on between them. But the person who's been totally brainwashed, the goody two-shoes, who obeys all the rules and thinks it's all straight and up and up, and everybody's very respectable at the top, never figures it out, He's fooled over and over again. But everything in the system is clear at some moments in young people's lives. They suspect and catch on to something just simply being wrong. And the elite have always known this, because the psychology of the people, the masses in all ages has been well studied for thousands of years. And to take this rebellion into a different path, they make sure they use the rebellion of the youth for their own agenda, not their youth's agenda, but for the elite who already run the system. and the youth, surely enough, they, they adopt all the fashions that are given to them, just like Plato talked about 2,300 years ago. And the music they adopt, too, thinking it's theirs, and they think they're on a roll. You're energetic, you're young, your hormones are raging, and you're easily, easily led. Never dawns on you that even the songs that you you hum and you, you sing the little, little hoops that they have in near the songs, the little, little phrases that you all join in on, are created by generally much, much older people, even though they they depict young people to sing them to you. There's a good link I'm going to put up at the end of tonight's show. It goes into some of this weird coincidence between certain stars and people in the military-industrial complex. And it goes into some of the history of the hippie era and it's called The Strange But Mostly True Story of Laurel Canyon and the Birth of the Hippie Generation. It's quite worth the read because it starts off with the, the 60s and the, the Gulf of Tonkin incident and goes through a little bit of that. And then what was happening, the war in Vietnam and the drugs coming in at the same time into the Western world en masse. And also the, the, this bursting forth of a new type of music uh, electrified music with masses of wattage power behind them. And part of it, he goes, it says, Meanwhile, elsewhere in the world, in those early months of 1965, a new scene is just beginning to take shape in the city of Los Angeles. In a geographically and socially isolated community known as Laurel Canyon, a heavily wooded, rustic, serene yet vaguely ominous slice of LA, nestled in the hills that separate the Los Angeles basin. From the San Fernando Valley, musicians, singers, and songwriters suddenly begin to gather as though summoned there by some unseen Pied Piper. Within months, the hippie flower child movement will be given birth here, along with the new style of music that will provide the soundtrack for the tumultuous second half of the 1960s. An uncanny number of rock music superstars will emerge from Laurel Canyon beginning in the mid-1960s and carrying through the decade of the 1970s. The first to drop an album will be The Birds, whose biggest star will prove to be David Cosby. The band's debut effort, Mr. Tambourine Man, will be released on the summer solstice of 1965. It will quickly be followed by a release from the John Phillips-led Mamas and the Papas, You Can Believe Your Eyes and Ears, January 1966, Love with Arthur Lee, Let's Love May 1966, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, Freak Out June 1966, Low Springfield, featuring Stephen Stills and Neil Young in October 1966, then the Doris in 67. But what the curious part was, it goes into some of these particular singers and their and who exactly they were. And some of them were the sons of big generals in the military. Generals who were all part of this war creation period of the Vietnam era. And generals, too, and a lot of these, these actual singers were all, even though they led the hippie movement and the peace, and love, and flower power stuff, were rather authoritarian themselves in the way they viewed the world. So I'll put this link up at the end of this show, and you can go through it at your leisure. This is only part one. The idea being to show you that nothing happens by itself. And any big movements, especially to do with social direction, are planned that way. Plato said himself, "You cannot have grassroots culture creation because it would throw off any agenda that the elite had. Everything would have to be created at the top and approved from the top and passed down to the public." And that's been true all down through the ages. Prior to the to the big heavy rock. Uh, industry coming in uh, like a burst, like a tidal burst. You had what was called folk music at the time, and the folk music was well, didn't have so much money put into it, but it was very popular, and it was generally about social involvement in the things that were happening as people emerged from the the earlier part of the, the 1900s era, really, because the old doctrines were still in place and money was still was, was fairly tight and so on, and the big boys had, were down on the unions. So social so social workers basically was being, were being, social work was being put through folk music, and it was a type of music which made you think and reflect. The big boys came up with the whole idea of drugs, coupled with the, this, uh, you know, sexy music, uh, which would, would encourage the young to forget all social involvement and had just have a great good old time. That's really what it was about. And that's why they called it sex, drugs and rock and roll. When you're into all those things, you don't really care what's happening about you in the world. And talking about the psychopaths at the top that run the system, I've been answering a lot of emails today to people. And I can tell where they are in their minds by the questions they ask and the different levels they're at. And some who are still in the horror phase of understanding a lot, but who still jump back into the the escapism phase of watching movies and watching television and watching C-SPAN and so on. And they don't realize that you don't need to keep watching the updates of what's being done to you when you already know the agenda. You expect it to come. Accepting reality is all you have to do reality is vastly different from your old view of reality true reality is that it's the truth and it's very painful it's very hard to digest because it's scary you realize you've been born into a world where it was already controlled your parents were controlled so were your grandparents you realize that you're getting poorer you realize that everything that you depend upon to live your food your transportation, your gasoline, etc., is skyrocketing. You know that you have no say in this at all because big boys at the top own everything. A few families own it all. And they're in charge. There are no complaints departments. You see the militarization that's been going on for years reach a crescendo right now. You see the laws coming down that these characters will be eventually let loose upon the public because they expect riots, massive riots. And you feel further helpless because you feel there's nothing you can do to prevent it. And all the news and data of what's being done to you isn't going to change it. Simply knowing all the data isn't enough. The change has to come within you yourself. It's like Carl Jung said, It's just like Christianity. Anyone can go through rituals and formula and then belong to the group. But if the inner man isn't changed, nothing has changed at all. It's the inner person who must change. And that's what's lacking. We all know what's right and wrong. And meanwhile, in the system which is corrupt, it's a psychopathic culture which has been given to the public to emulate. It's called success or failure. Most folk are content to shaft the guy below in order to survive himself and to keep his own standard of living up. And that's what's happening down, right, down the food chain right now. From the storekeepers to the purchasers to everyone to the, to the guys at the bottom. Everyone's shafting the one below for a higher profit to try and keep up the same standard of living, even as the whole thing is designed to fall. So chaos eventually will break out that is inevitable. And the elite truly believe with all their scientific technology and their mass communication that they've planned for years and years and years that they can literally defeat everyone on the planet and control everyone's minds along the path that's pre-designed that you go, including having you accept one day. And this is on the cards, I guarantee you. It's already starting to be voluntary, voluntarily sterilized. Save the world. It go down quietly, uh, gladly, to serve the world system. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks. This is Alan Watt back from cutting through the matrix and just discussing the mess we're in. And that's the part that shocks everyone that gets to that particular level. When you see the big picture, and they almost freak out because, as I say, there's no complaints department. And all, really, is done. If they continue on that level, they'll self-destruct. They have to go beyond that level. Because that level is just information overload. And every day, more is turned out for us all to talk about. I've used the analogy before. Of being like lab rats, and every morning they open the door, and in comes the guys in the white coats, and all the rats sit and say, "What are they going to do to us today? Are they going to stick the, the needles in us? Are they going to shock us? Are they going to give us those poison pills? What's it going to be?" And that's what we do. We chatter, we chatter, like little rats, but we don't do anything. There's no there's no organisation out there to do something, you see, and so it can be self-defeating unless you get to a higher understanding. On a personal level, and you know what to listen to, what not to listen to. And your mind can soar beyond even all that data that's constantly flooding at you. I I liken it to the movies. The movies love to do horror movies where someone gets buried alive. And that's all we're doing. And they put you in the coffin, they put you in the coffin. And, And then they put down the lid and it's all dark. And you hear the lid going down it's turned dark and then you hear the nails going in bang, bang, bang well that's like the news you're getting every day it's it's a nail in the coffin and you discuss it and you chatter it there's no one to hear you then the next nail goes in until then you hear yourself lowered down then you hear the dirt getting put on top of you that's what it's like unless you literally start becoming alive alive is not living in fear alive is breaking out of the old you into a, a new you Who knows that one day you're going to die anyway. So you might as well stand up and see your peace to whoever whoever it matters to or doesn't matter to. And I mean by to police chiefs, to everyone. Because you have as much right to say whatever you wish as anyone else does, including a prime minister or a president. makes no difference. And you better start doing it now because as I say, there's no real organization out there to combat what's happening, most of the organisation which appears to be against the system, the big foundations, etc., are just the left-wing sides of the same the same bird. Same body, two wings. It's up to individuals to change this, because it's truly is a war to crush all individuality. They want the herd. They call us the herd now, even in the medical journals. Call it herd immunity, herd management. They don't have the term individual. They cannot handle that term. An individual is a problem today. And there's another link I'm going to put up too, before going to the calls, let's mention this one. It's on Rumsfeld, this declassified information that came out. This particular one came from Global Research Online Journal, May 16th, but also has links to the original article from the Huffington Post, May 16th, 2008 says in a new release tape of 2006 Neocon luncheon meeting featuring former war secretary Donald Rumsfeld, attended by ex-military message force multiplier propaganda shills, Lieutenant General Michael DeLong, David Grange, Donald Shepard, James Marks, etc. It says Rumsfeld declared that the American people lack the maturity to recognize the seriousness of the threats and need another 9-11. And need another 9-11. I thought I'd stress that for effect. So, here's the psychopaths at the top who discusses this sort of stuff amongst themselves because the herd isn't being petrified. You see, they're not terrified enough. So we need another 9-11. Exactly the same thing that H.G. Wells said after World War One when they wouldn't give up all their sovereign rights and go into the League of Nations. It's the same thing they reiterate over and over. These, ca- these characters... Will bring these things on. That's their nature of the psychopath, and normal folk can't imagine anyone doing something to kick off a world war. And that's exactly why they get away with it. We won't believe them. We won't believe that humans could do this. But that's the history of the world. World War One and Two were long in the prediction and the planning, and and run by the same big bankers, big rich families many of whom are still out there today in the US system. But in this particular column here, that also Brzezinski in the Grand Chess Board where he says an only an attack on the order of Pearl Harbor would cause the American people to support an imperial mobilization and a world war. It also talks about Rumsfeld, who it says here, he, he wrote the go massive memo. Go Massive. That was a total war. And he says he gleefully declared that the Bush administration finally had the green light to kill not only UBL Osama Laden but go massive, sweep it all up, things related and not. He says he says goes on to say, it provided the kind of opportunities that World War two offered to refashion the world. And yet we're taught at school that all the tyrants died in ancient times with Nero. And here they are alive and well. Right out in the open, and the public can't recognize it because they wear suits and ties, not military uniforms. It's quite interesting how perception can be altered by our indoctrination into the business suit of respectability, isn't it? Well, I'll go to the callers now. I've got Lou from Miami on the phone, I think. Are you there, Lou? Oh, there's a break coming up. I'll hold on, Lou, and I'll be back after these messages.
3: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
2: I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, and I'm going to the phones, and we'll see if Lou from Miami is there.
3: Yes, Alan, how are you? How are you? How are you, Alan? Um, Listen, Alan, uh, for about two weeks now, I've been hearing bits and pieces of your show, because my husband is the avid listener, and I'm just a... Background And I grasp a lot of what you have to say, you know, about the government and the concerns we have with our government these days, of which I have a lot of, because I always say that I'm on, on my way out. And I feel, you know, I feel for my son who's still in his 20s and, you know, growing up in, in an environment that I am not used to because, um, you see, I come from a um, family that was not in any means considered – I say mainstream if that's the word we, yeah. you know we 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 came from Cuba in the 60s my father was a pharmacist my mother was a working class um, you know she was so, everybody worked in my house real hard to make ends meet but we had a very eclectic home of where music was always heard um opinions were always expressed at the table mm-hmm. and my father um instilled in me something that was very very delicate in this society of which i see is um is just it's getting lost which is the fear of god and the fear and and the respect of of the elderly and and you know and at the nucleus of any change i think because i used to go and i used to hear rock concerts and i was from a catholic upbringing i mind you you know and i used to go hang out with the hippies of course i I knew I couldn't be a hippie because I, I couldn't had to take a shower every day, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would come home and I'd have all these mixed feelings about what I wanted to be versus what I was being taught at home, and and I just see that the society of today is losing what is called the nucleus of a home, you know. And the nucleus of a home is the center of any. You can have all kinds of ideas and changes and do all kinds of things, but if you don't have that respect of of your of the elderly and the fear of god i think you can fight government with those ideals even you know what i mean well that, that, was, the whole, dressed, that was the whole that was
2: a whole plan with uh, even the, the 60s era was to do, destroy the bonding between the generations and to literally separate them i mean completely separate them into almost a different species and that's how eventually and they're also getting taught at school uh, the big slogan don't trust anyone over 30 and uh, that was repeated over and over by professors and propaganda and this is your time your era and that was to break the the bonds between parents and children and society the state as always planned the state would then give the youngsters their ideals and, and their ideas and that was very very successful and, of course, they also knew. Now, the hippie era, you know, was not a new thing, an idea. They tried this uh, right after World War I in, in Germany, and uh, uh, they sprung up these young camps for youngsters and so on, into nature, the wanderlust back to nature. They'd all been tried and experimented with, and lots of scientists went over from the U.S. and Britain and other countries to study this phenomenon, and they simply revamped it and brought in the drugs with it again, and the music, and they called it the hippie era. Nothing has been, they never put something out there that hasn't been tried and tested already. Uh Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. It's just that that I I sense, and and I sense it in my son, and I sense it in the youth of today, is that they've lost the notion of value you know it's sure. like we had to live with what we had you know and, and mm-hmm. sort of like embellishing what we had we we had a good stereo system because my father said we had to have good music in the house and we ate good food and but we never went beyond these means that were like uh, mm-hmm. beyond real realistic means and I feel the way that way about government these days it's yeah. um, beyond realistic means it's all so fake and so pretentious and, and forget the family home. I, these kids nowadays don't even have a notion of, of I don't know. Well, they can't even to...
2: bond. They can't even bond with with uh, a man can't bond with a woman for any length of time and vice versa because it's conditioned into them because promiscuity is they knew if they could push it very, very young and have multiple partners, the chance of uh, long-term bonding was null and void. Again, it's all psychology. It was, it was understood before they pushed it. So, Do you want, once there's no family to stand up for an individual, the government has you where they want you, and government exactly. can literally talk right to you, and no one's going to stand up for you.
3: I, I just wish there was somebody, like, you know, you have so many good things to say. There was somebody out there that just would start instilling a little bit more of that, you know, bringing back these values that I... Listen, I, could have, I couldn't have been more rebellious. My poor mother suffered with me like you could not imagine. But it anchored me, that anchored me for the rest of my life. And eventually I have been brought back to my roots, you know? Yep. I mean, after a very tumultuous, I would think, life of, a, of sorts. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I've always been a nine-to-fiver, but I've always maintained my idealistic values, the ones that I have, not, and not forming a rat pack of any form. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't follow mainstream. I'm sorry if I if I'm ever considered that, it's it's completely wrong because I'm yeah. not. Sure. But I just think that the, these these values are are completely being misconstrued, and then the con the continuation of the pushing of drugs and pharmaceuticals. This mm-hmm. is it's got me crazy. Every time I turn around, there's a pill for everything. There's a pill for you know, everything. I so and once again, even to the go, big boys, to go to, to go the to sleep big boys at said night.
2: back in the, in the 60s, they would like to have a complete, a total society that was medicated and placid. This was written in multiple books by professors at the time, and one way or another, they have got their wish. And uh, yeah. you understand, there's a war going on on the people. That's what it's all about. It's an ongoing war, long term, and it's planning intergenerational. With a definite goal, they're moving now towards the creation of new kinds of humans. They're even mixing humans and animals together. They just passed that law in Britain. Um, we, we, this was again written about as, as far back as the early 1900s. They wanted this strategy and this particular plan,
3: and Which we is, live our lives never realizing this strategy that we're under little by attack little little until it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, Alan. I'll pay more attention to you, and I know your your listeners are predominantly male, but I want you to know that I'm listening to you too.
2: I appreciate it. Nice
3: okay, sir. You're Thanks. welcome.
2: Now we've got um, Red One, Jordan. Hello. 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 Is that is that Jordan?
0: Yes, that's me.
2: I remember you from before. Yeah, you called before.
0: Yeah, yeah please be upon you.
2: Yes, how are you?
0: Yes, I want to thank you for all your hard work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And want the uh, last show I heard was with Alex Jones, and I think uh, you and uh, Alex make a wonderful team. It's the mm-hmm. ultimate blow for the elite, I hope. Well, it's, it's all we
2: can do at the moment in this venue. Uh, that's all we can do. All we have right now... Is the right to think and the right to speak, and even that will be curtailed pretty shortly, I think.
0: Yes, I hope uh, you can, you 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 guys can make a difference.
2: Well, it's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's thousands of people get get in touch with you all the time, thousands and thousands, and it's just um, they understand now. They're starting to really catch on very quickly and climb up the ladder uh, and get above the clouds and see the sky for the first time. And that's what it's all about, because when you realize that everything that's ever been in the past, every cherished value, whatever, every bit of love between people is being destroyed right now, and the ability for it to even happen again is being terminated, and these mad scientists, these creatures or psychopaths, um, are in a role, very smug, and that's often their Achilles heel when they get to this stage. We have to stop, somehow stop, where they're going because we're going into utter scientifically controlled slavery. And once we're in it, uh, it'll be impossible to get out of it. We gotta do it now. And in, in, in yes. these last few years, that's all we have left.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have a, an advice for your listeners and for myself. And then a cluster question that has to do with the advice. Um, I advise people to stock some uh, dates, honey, uh coconuts and all the loss uh, the long lasting uh food stuff mm-hmm. yeah because uh, i uh, did some research on honey bee honey if it's natural it doesn't expire and uh, it's very nutritious one could survive on it
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's true i mean, um, I mean that the average person even the ones listening to these shows should
2: be doing basic stuff uh, for preparations because we're being told what's coming down, they're telling us what's coming down, and people should be uh, storing up even dried foods, stuff they can mix with water. The beans, the beans, the bees, uh, beans and peas and soup mixes—all these kind of things can be stored for years, and that uh, they should be doing the basic stuff while they can still get it and while it's still fairly cheap. Okay.
0: So uh, my question then is. Uh, What is the link between the the advantage of stocking uh, honey and the fact that honeybees are actually disappearing? And then Einstein's quote, that once uh, the bees are gone, humanity is gone. Well, he was talking too. Actually,
2: Einstein was talking from two different levels because he was a member of some very high societies. But on the the exoteric level, he was telling you about that bees literally are are, are what pollinate the the crops in the fields. And we know there's even bio-warfare going on because the the bees are dying off in a time when Monsanto and Cargill and all the big boys have got their modified crops in. It's killing off the bees because he's put 10 times the amount of of pesticides on them. The bees go in there and get killed. That's what's killing off the crows as well. So Mm -hmm. it's okay for these particular guys because they sell you new seed every year. Um, but for the rest of the, the, the farmers with the, the old type crops, the old seed, you need bees to pollinate. And, and that's generally what beekeepers do. You hire out your hives to the farmers, put them in their fields, and they'll pollinate the fields. But The, the, the bees are under attack. On an esoteric level, uh, Einstein was talking about the worker bees. He's talking about people because um, they do classify them as uh, – uh, they use the beehive as a symbol of, of society – with the queen bee and the drones and on all, all the worker bees below them so in other words it's the worker bees uh the people themselves that keep this whole system going we are the ones and it's true what mark said all things come through labor that's the only put pl- the, the only way wealth any kind of wealth or real wealth is created and the big boys at the top simply gather the honey and, and they profit from it we get nothing back we get the we don't get the royal jelly we get the denaturalized stuff. They keep us dumb and stupid and workers we run literally like a beehive and this even the ancient esoteric uh, people understood this thousands of years ago that's why cleopatra had uh, the symbol of the beehive too that was a perfect society but um so yeah on that level too when we're wiped out altered they're going to create a new type of worker bee they've told us that more efficient it'll cause them no problems at all uh, you'll be unable to even think of yourself as a separate individual you'll be part of the hive and that's the words they used at the international science meeting at Loy- Loyola University the new Newt Gingrich kicked off yeah.
0: okay that makes a lot of sense thank you for your explanation and uh, I'll uh, talk later okay thanks for calling
2: now we've got uh, Joe from California there Joe Hello, Joe.
1: Hi, Alan. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about earlier about uh, everybody knowing right versus wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely true. And it's when people start swallowing the lies from the elitists um, that that perception of right versus wrong starts to be shifted. And I see yeah. that today, where many Americans um, and people that have lived in privileged companies or, or countries, excuse me, um, are starting to adopt the traits of their masochist uh, masters. They're status masters, and yeah. um, you know there's always a subclass. Uh, Americans kill the Arabs, send the Mexicans back, never mm-hmm. looking at their own enslavement. And, they don't. They um, don't. You're
2: absolutely right there. They don't see their own enslavement. In fact, they don't see that their own usefulness is terminated once once this goal is through. They won't need them either.
1: And, and, and as a young American going through the public school system, um, I was raised a little differently than most. So I've always been able, awake, and able to see, um, like you said. Uh, Especially when you're young, you know that something's wrong, Um, you know the difference between right and wrong, but everything the world you see around you isn't the same as what uh, you think it should be. And uh, so I didn't go through the horror stage that most people go through, I didn't go through that as long. Mm -hmm. But what I see today is, like again, people adopting their traits of their masters, never seeing their own enslavement. Um, That being said, we we, we tend to refer to to our masters as the elitists. Mm what I see, though, is that they are psychopaths and that they can only tap into a dark side. Yes. Um, us as humans and being able to feel compassion, um, I think we can tap into that dark side if we choose to, but we can also choose to tap into a compassionate, a humanist, and a lighter side. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, how do the elitists continue through history to have the upper hand on us, only being able to tap into a dark um a dark side and a psychopathic side. How is light never able to win out in the end?
2: It's quite simple. Since the introduction of money, it was their system. That that was the key to every absolute right. foundation, was this, this coin being it, it the of root, money. It is
1: the root of all evil.
2: <laughs> it's the root of all evil. Root. It's not just the love, it's literally money itself. Mm-hmm. Because if you have money and you're not in charge of what its value is as an individual, a third party is that third party becomes the master over the two people who are bartering. Right. And he decides what it's worth, what it's not, then he can tax it back from you and, and take your labour from you. Money is what this whole world runs on. Uh, every system, all our taxes go toward to create all the weaponry that enslaves us, all the high technology that enslaves us, to all the think tanks that sit and scheme and plot of how to conquer the world and the minds of everybody in it. We pay for everything through our labour. It's taken from us because we all have to get a job, as they call it, and earn a wage. We're not taught to go and grow crops. We're taught to earn money to buy food. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to everything is money. It's been here for a long time. For 800 BC, the first coin was minted uh, as coin. And that's when it really went downhill. Before that, they were measuring gold, weighing it. And even then, the Phoenicians had a monopoly on the whole ancient world. And they had, they had gold mines as far as the Ukraine at, at that time, and even to, into Russia. And they had it worked out that a quarter troy of gold was worth one slave's life. So that's how they, they put the value on the gold itself. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. They went through thousands of men every, every few weeks, and they made deals with all their war masters that they introduced money to to start wars. They'd fund them to start wars on the condition that they'd get X amount of, of slaves from the conquered people, and that's how they kept their minds on the go. This is an ancient history, and until this is understood by the people, uh, they've had it. You see, no one can walk out of this system. You, you can't tell the taxman to go away, or the property tax man to go away, or etc. We, we're all leaned on, like the mafia leans on you for money, not for anything else, it's for money. If you can't pay up, they'll take everything you've got and put you on the street. And we, we call this civilization. This isn't civilization. This is an evil, a very thorough, intelligent system. And because it's simple, it's normal. We're born into it. Everyone earns money. We're taught to. That's only function of school, really, apart from indoctrinating you downwards. Uh, it's their system, and we have to get out of it. Hold on till after these. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt back with cutting through the matrix and just talking about this ancient system and it's ancient it's what they call civilization civilization is tied in with money with an elite class that creates a leisure class that they can train who does the think tank work who plans the future and the uses of the sciences and we we cannot go on any other road in civilization except the one we're on it's inevitable because only the psychopaths can climb to the top and, and cutthroat fashion and become what we call successful it means destroying everyone in your path to get there that's what it means so ordinary decent people don't do that and you stay at the bottom very very simple and uh, now we've got a caller from England I should try and get him in before the show finishes it's it's, uh, Justin from the UK
0: Hi Alan Uh, how are you? Not so bad I just wanted to say, before uh, a question, I just received your books today. The Cutting Through Volumes One, Two, and Three. Yeah. I've almost finished them and um, very much enjoying them. Very informative. Uh, the question I had was regarding um, Codex Alimentarius, mm-hmm. which I've heard a little of and seems to be a major tool towards the end game of um, culling the human herd, as the elites I guess would say. Yeah. What, what are your sort of thoughts on? Codex Codex Alimentarius.
2: There's no doubt at all that they want to take all vitamins and minerals off the shelves but be prescription only eventually because all the food that we're getting given today by the big agri-food businesses is denaturalized. Um, they don't have the minerals in the soil. They don't have the vitamins. Uh, they grow the vegetables um, chemically but they're, they're lacking nutrition and nourishment. And that's why there's so many obese people because they're actually overweight, but their body is seeking something they're not getting. They're malnourished, in a sense. And they want to make sure we have a sick, unhealthy population. Remember, they're talking, they've are talking. they talked for years about bringing the population down. And it must be brought down. They keep saying it must be brought down. Well, these guys don't ask for volunteers. They go ahead and do it. They've been doing it their whole lives, actually, through inoculations and other means. And people have had to get that through their heads. Um, how else could they do it uh, except just go ahead and, and do it surreptitiously, quietly on the side, train you to see it being, as something else that's been done to you for your own benefit and you actually volunteer and get a needle stuck in your arm um, or you eat their food And you, you, I talked to a person another the day, there from Britain four of his friends under the age of 40 have come down with cancers, three of them cancers of the stomach well that was one of the first things they showed us on the GMO food uh, when it when tested it in rats and mice and all the rest of it, uh, all the different creatures had tried it or and got cancer off the stomach. Well, hey, we're eating the same spuds now. So this is no surprise to me.
0: Right, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, thanks very much. That's all I uh, really needed to know. Um, I hope you can uh, continue your work through your website. Yeah. And I'll be definitely back to, um, to get your CDs as well from your website.
2: Okay. Thanks very much.
0: Thanks very much, Alan.
2: Bye now. I made a quick call from Mark in Pennsylvania. Are you there, Mark?
1: I am, Alan. And by the way, for callers who, there's a gap. I don't know if you're aware of this, Alan. When you say, are you there, Pennsylvania, there's like a two-second delay before we come on. Oh, okay. okay. Um, real quick, because I know you're at the end of the broadcast here. I find when I wake up people that I tell people that the word therapist is the
2: rapist. That's the rapist. I've been telling them that for years. Yeah. Are there
1: any other words like that that I can hit them with?
2: Mm-hmm. There's hundreds.
1: Where hundreds can I find of,
2: them? I, I, I teach courses in them, yeah.
1: Maybe next, on the show next time you can you can go over that. That'd be great. Okay.
2: Thanks
1: Thank for you. calling. Sure.
2: Well, from Hamish, myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods. Go with you. Thanks, and, uh, Can you send me that title? All right.
0: <laughs> oh,